The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to the Pirate Radio Podcast, featuring special guests discussing a wide range of topics and personal stories. Now, inside the Pirate Radio studio, here's your host, Troy Dreyfus. Welcome into another edition of the Pirate Radio Podcast. On today's episode, we'll take a look back at a magical time in the history of Greenville, North Carolina. It was August of 2017, and an all-star team from Greenville Little League made it to the Little League World Series in Williamsport. Pennsylvania for only the second time in history. It was quite a journey, quite a team, and stories that'll last a lifetime. Today on the Pirate Radio Podcast, the team manager and coaches will join us for a look back at that time. Team manager Brian Fields and assistant coaches Michael Vaughn and Jake Allen. Before we talk with those guys, let's take a look back and hear how it all sounded on ESPN back in August of 2017 when Greenville, North Carolina punched its ticket to go back to Williamsport live on national television. North State Little League in Greenville, North Carolina has never sent a team to Williamsport. They're a strike away. The payoff pitch to Lewis. Chop to first. That'll do it. North Carolina is going back to the Little League World Series. Well, they went down 3 nothing after the first inning, but they rallied back with five in the second. What a great job coming in on relief in that first inning with his team down. But his team rallied. They are victorious, headed to Williamsport, an opportunity of a lifetime. It was an exciting time back in Greenville. It was the story of the city. It also captivated the state and took over the region as the team from Greenville was now the Southeast Region Champions. Once in Williamsport, the team made history again with a perfect game. There's the curveball. Called strike three. It sent South Dakota to the ground. And North Carolina into the record books with a combined perfect game. Anderson started it. Mateus came in. Hardy finished it as he faces one. No hits, 10 strikeouts, obviously no walks. There was no ball hit out of the infield. Well, and it was a perfect combination of you saw some control, you saw some power, but the defense behind them that was also perfect. you got to credit their first game of the Little League World Series and them to be able to play this perfect. It's a good sign. And don't forget a number of quality at-bats from North Carolina. They look like a team to be reckoned with. Yeah. And Put them Calif- on the list. California will have their work cut out for them on Sunday. This is a real team. No doubt as they go out to touch the bust of Howard Lomity, who the stadium is named after. Only 76 pitches for the three pitchers, and only three times did you see a three-ball count. An historic night for the North Carolina Little Leaguers from North State Little League with a perfect game combined between the three pitchers. So what started as a little local story turned statewide, captivated the region, and then became national news. That night, the top story on ESPN Sports Center was all Greenville NC and the team that pitched the perfect game in Williamsport. Let's listen back to hear how Sports Center opened that night. This is Sports Center live. And we're right out of the gates with even more from Williamsport. North Carolina taking on South Dakota opening round, Little League World Series. Great combined pitching effort from North Carolina. Chase Anderson on the mound. He was dealing. I would say the South Dakota hitters were striking out like dudes in the science club, but many of them may actually be in the science club. Bottom four, Anderson taken out for Matthew Mateus. There's a pitch limit thing, so don't line up with pitchforks outside the manager's hotel. He's only doing what he has to do. Mateus strikes out the side, so we've got ourselves a combined perfecto through four. Mateus still on the mound, fifth inning, one out. Pride of Ithaca College, Carl Ravage on the call. Mason Riley, catch out there by Carson Hardy. Two steps to his left and a dive and a whip jump. Pretty sweet grab. Shortstop, so Carson Hardy keeps the perfecto intact through five. Bottom six, Mateus still out there. Three outs away. Logan Boom swing and a miss. Two outs to go. Next batter, Trace Eatman. Well, never right back to Mateus. We are one out away from perfection in Williamsport. 
Mateus taken out. They bring Hardy into the game. Leo Huners. Simply looking at that, it was close. It might have been inside, but that will do it. The combined perfect game. North Carolina wins 6 nothing. Left-handed catcher. Pretty solid. You don't see that a lot. If you're like me, that probably brings back some great memories. Now let's talk with the guys that were there every step of the way. And those guys, once again, Brian Fields, Michael Vaughn, and Jake Allen in studio with us today. Guys, first of all, great to see you. Glad to uh, be able to bring this uh, little reunite party together here on the air. Well, thanks for having us. I, I, that that brought back a lot of memories. Just listen to those uh, those feeds. I don't know about you guys. I was getting choked up listening to it. And I didn't coach or play. I just I, I remember watching. I was fortunate enough to be up there for the final weekend. But I was getting goosebumps just listening to it again, guys. Absolutely. The, the one thing about it, we never got to see any of the coverage. The boys broke the TV the first night we were there, <laughs> so we never saw any kind of news feed or sports center or anything the entire time. That is amazing. So the, all this national coverage. And you guys literally weren't aware of what was, uh, or you might have been aware of it because I'm sure people might have been texting you, hey, I saw you on ESPN, old classmates probably hadn't heard from, you know, years earlier, probably messaging you and stuff. Hey, I, man, I just saw my buddy on TV, but you guys couldn't watch it. Facebook. I think Will Casey broke the TV the first night we were there. And we, you know, you come, we came in the dorm and TV's off. You got 13, <laughs> you know, 13 boys in there, no TV. And, kind of like man why, why are y'all not watching the game and you know i go to cut it on and i think cash or somebody ran over and was like don't cut the tv on we don't want to watch it i think it was like a week later we found out actually <laughs> we didn't even know for a week so y'all, y'all are in williamsport and they only have one tv for the whole team and it's about the size of a microwave i mean this is the this is the little league world series <laughs> we call it the barracks we're in the barracks but uh you know they did have one tv in the uh i guess it's the recreational center so a lot of a lot of kids would get over there and congregate and, and watch uh-huh. the games over there sounds like more like a hostage situation where you guys were staying and i do remember <laughs> talking to you about a that lot a little rules. bit a lot yeah. of rules so it was fun for the kids maybe not as much fun for the coaches is that fair to say i kind of miss the um the single bunk <laughs> yeah, me and Jake sharing a room. Felt like our prison bunk got separated. <laughs> our internet coverage spotty at best. Oh, back if then, at all, if any at all. Yeah. So you really were kind of cut off from the outside world at many times, and you've got so many practices, so many games. You're consumed with baseball and trying to win a win a championship that you you really don't have as much time to probably worry about it anyway. I guess you really don't. And 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 looking back, it's probably a good thing it was like that. Um, it's actually kind of nice being being shot off to it to an extent. But um, but you know that when you have that many kids, uh, you know we're, we're practicing an hour hour and a half a day. I mean, you don't want any injuries. Um, you know that those guys know what to do at that, at that point. So it's just really finding things to keep keep them busy and keep us busy throughout the day. Unless you were with the team like you guys day in and day out, you kind of knew what you had. But I was probably like most people. I started kind of paying attention to the story and, and jumping on board when you guys got to the regionals and they started putting the games on ESPN. And then I'm like, wow, Greenville's going to be on ESPN in a regional game. And because when the team went 98, the coverage wasn't like. It was it was a big deal. I remember I was here. It was a massive story, and it was a big deal. But that team, unfortunately, just didn't get until they got to to Williamsport. I don't think the regional games. I don't really necessarily remember those being on. Well, no, they played the championship regional games back then on. But the difference was now there's eight teams out of the United States. Back when they went in 1998, there was only four international teams and four. United States teams. Now there's 16 altogether. They've doubled it, so it's a lot more games, a lot more coverage. Yeah. Now they now they're showing the uh, semifinals and the finals of every regional. Yeah. So it's a lot more. Like yeah, you're right. It, it just seemed like you guys got coverage earlier on. Yeah, it wasn't we got just the, our first the game whole... on ESPN was versus Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, I remember we were watching that. A lot of these games were going on while I was live on the air too, and I remember watching. We so we'd have the TV on in the studio. And we'd almost be doing de facto like coverage of the game in real time, and some. I mean, it was exciting. And, and, and the team, I, I got to tell you, I've watched a lot of baseball. That's still one of the most fun teams I've watched play. I mean, they just th- there was a lot of action with that team, a lot of scoring, and obviously some great pitching. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that gets overlooked with that team is how good their defense was. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were that's that's about. I think we made three errors in the first game of the district, and I don't know if we made another one the entire summer. Yeah, I, I think Carson made first two errors the very first game versus uh, Rocky Mount at shortstop, and I I can honestly say I don't think he made another error 
through states, regionals, or Little League World Series at shortstop. That says a lot. <laughs> so when, when y'all made it to the regional finals, that was at the point where I was like, wow, this team's one win away from going back to Little League World Series. This could be special. That's when it kind of hit for me where I was like, this this is a big deal here. What about you guys? Y'all were a part of it from, you know, since the team was selected and this is since they started playing back here in Greenville for the first time. When did you realize, man, this team could be special? Did you know it right away or did it take a while? I think after with, uh, when we first got to the regional, it's intimidating. You know, Georgia walks in the hotel and they've got some huge guys. And uh, what in Georgia that was worrisome, it was uh, West Virginia. West Virginia had three. I think they had six guys that were right at six foot tall. Yeah. And uh, you're kind of looking at them, and we've got Drew and JoJo and those guys standing beside them. I'm like, they're going to kill us. And then West Virginia goes out and goes 0 and 2, and we're 2 and 0. So that at that point, we're kind of like, you know what? We're going to win this thing. What about for you, Brian? Yeah, I, you know, I, I knew that we had had good talent and 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 pretty good pitching. And I, I'll say in the districts, we didn't perform pitching like I like I thought we would. Um, but uh, you know, when we got to states, everybody just kind of kind of got better as we went on, and that happened all the way up and through Williamsport. And you know, when little league is 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 tough, um, you know, it, you've got to stay focused. Every pitch makes a difference, and you know, you've got to make decisions based on pitch count, um, you know, substitutions and. You know, the, the main thing there is, is is keeping everybody confident. And I think our guys, as the, as the summer went on, they got better. They got more confidence. And not only confidence in themselves, but in their teammates, too. And and like Jake said, I, I, I think a lot of people overlook that defense. But that's that's the key. We threw strikes, but we also we also played the defense behind them to, to, to allow them to not to throw a lot of pitches. And that, that helped our rotation. You're listening to the Pirate Radio Podcast. We're talking to Brian Fields, Michael Vaughn, and Jake Allen as we reminisce the team from 2017 that went to the Little League World Series out of Greenville, North Carolina. Hard to believe. I don't know. I was thinking about this, guys. Three years already. It seems like it just happened in many ways. Can you believe it's been three years since this happened? Flew by. I can tell you that. But I see all them. I see a lot of the boys like Thomas Barrett at Lily Field. And, I mean, all these kids are driving now. <laughs> I know, right? It's so crazy. They all got their licenses. Boys driving. have turned into men. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, um you go back to your other question i think the difference i think a big turning point for that team that i think we all kind of knew they were a little bit special when we were down east surrey we were down five runs and we Mm -hmm. came all the way back that last inning if we don't if we don't come back that game and they have boaz available to pitch game one you remember i think boaz a lot this this kid boaz got really overlooked he was throwing about 73 74 from the left side and he shoved it to us for four innings we didn't touch him we didn't get a hit off of them, and they pulled them. And we made a comeback in the top, bottom of the sixth inning, and we took that lead. But if we don't win that game, I don't think we're sitting here right now. I really, I, I don't, and, uh, I, I don't think we are. And to, and to go back, East Surrey beat that same group as ten-year-olds. East Surrey won the state, beating they beat us in the state. So we knew that team was good. Was going to be the team for yeah. us to beat in the states. And 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 I, I think Mike's exactly right. That was the turning point. They they pulled him, saving him just in case for the championship game, and they ended up losing. And they didn't get to this and game didn't two. To we it. didn't get the game two. That's what they did. Well, we did. And, and I'm going to circle back to that in a minute. But first, I, I want to ask you guys. Enough time's gone by. It's been a few. So we got the you know the what do they call that? Uh, the statue of limitations is up. So I want. <laughs> To go around the horn i want to get your, your your best memory when you think back at it and i'm gonna to go to each one of you individually and and tell me and i want to know the worst memory of it because there's probably good and bad with this so what was your favorite memory and your least favorite memory i'll start with the manager brian fields oh my gosh um i think the best the best memory for me um was one i think was the game against texas the, the 2-1 game that we won i think just you know in all my past experience with baseball i just think that was just a well played one of the best games I've ever witnessed um watching yeah dominant pitching dominant defense um and just the atmosphere I remember was incredible I remember coach Godwin was there and uh it was just a, an incredible um experience um and I also like seeing the the boys interact with the other teams that that was really cool um with with the players from around the world um and just you know hanging out with them um when they weren't playing uh, my worst my worst memory i mean i really don't i don't know that i that i have any i think sometimes it's just you know so much going on um you know 
making sure you know players are at interviews and here and there i think sometimes you just get caught up in all that and sometimes you just can't enjoy the experience but um but um you know they it's a very well run show up there that they've got it down to a t and you know just a great experience all right uh michael vaughn your your favorite memory and maybe least favorite memory my favorite memory outside of baseball related would have probably been the parade that we did i've never seen anything like that in my life i remember when them telling us that we had to do this parade and i remember being like a parade i thought it was going to be like you know the like well, they do an East Carolina homecoming parade. Yeah. I have never seen so many people in my life, and I'll never forget these people were eating dinner at a little restaurant, and we had they gave us these little stuff to throw out, and we threw a baseball up there, and this woman tries to reach out of the window at her dinner trying to grab baseballs from these kids, watching them be celebrities, and the guy like watching the kids sign autographs and everything like that. That was really cool to me. I mean, you know, I think that my worst memory of it all was. Cash's last at bat, watching him leap for first base and just coming up short with Matthew coming up next. I mean, one step. It was one step. He gets on. I really think that we win that game. Which but game was that? The last game versus Texas. The Texas game. We're down yeah. one. And yeah. I remember coming, bringing him in and saying, we just got to get one guy on base. You know, and uh, we went one, two, three. And, and you got to tip your hat to that pitcher. Yeah. He was throwing good curveball. I mean, his, his curveball was good. Yeah. And that ride... I don't think you were in the van because I think you were doing the interview, but you you walk by underneath the stadium and you get in the van mm-hmm. and they drive you up there and that van ride felt like the longest van ride ever. Oh, yeah. I just told him I was like, you know, and it was just up the hill. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, you're choked up. The kids are all crying. Yeah, and you're just like, look, guys. I mean, there's nothing you can say. Yeah, there's nothing. All right, uh, Jake Allen, your favorite and least favorite memories. Who favorite would probably be. Um walking out on that friday night game um well i don't even know if it was friday night but the south dakota game and under the lights your first game and you step out there and you know fields is dancing yeah fields is out there <laughs> dancing and, and i remember me and mike were talking like man i hope they don't call on us to, <laughs> to do this that was gonna be so embarrassing um but walking out there the first night and i'm i'm looking at the kids like hey just don't look up in the stands don't look up in the stands just let it go and i'm i'm over there kind of turning circles wide-eyed like man this is awesome um, you need to tell that to yourself right yeah that, but that was uh that was probably one of the best and and one of the worst you know probably got two and, and like mike said just that last out and, and watching the boys you know they worked so hard and come so close and then having that you know we had a chance to um we had our chance to win and you just fall short and that was just you felt so bad for the kids um the other than that probably the first two days you know where we're eating cafeteria food and then finally one of the aunt and uncles comes up to us and says hey there's a little pub about three blocks down the street um they serve great wings and that that was the turning point that was that was when we <laughs> the got really fun you mean we can leave and go get that <laughs> they called it church the guys when we left they said y'all going down to the uh, church today <laughs> and then we'd come back and the older guys would be like well how was the sermon <laughs> It's kind of the home away from home. Yeah, so to speak. I, and I, I was uh, fortunate enough to to get up there for that final weekend, and I ran into you guys, and I think I saw you at dinner, and I was like, "You're supposed to be at the team." I'm like, no, we got our guys back there. <laughs> I think I saw Vaughn and and uh, Fields. I think you were back, Jake, uh, monitoring the team. As yeah. long as you had one coach back, the other two guys could leave. Is that right? When we had aunts and uncles that watched the kids. Yeah. So maybe all y'all could get out at one time. The best. Ba- I, I want to answer this. The best baseball memory I have of that. I was whooping California 16 to nothing because the night before they were picked as being the favorite. Well, and I remember that because <laughs> that, that was good. At that point, that, that's in the Little League World Series. And I remember ESPN pumping up California. Well, Greenville's mm-hmm. got to go through California. California is the odds on favorite to win the United States championship. You know, yeah. they were pumping up California. I was like, damn, we got to play California. I don't know. This could be it for us, but what a great run. You know, and y'all throat stomped California like I've never seen. And they had, they had a little arrogant. Oh, oh swagger to him walking oh, yeah. around. Yeah. It was good. Doing the team meeting, the coach, you know, he stands up and says, I'm sure all you know who I am. And yeah, he was just, drafted by the Giants. Yeah. I mean, he had a he had he had a little swagger to him and uh beating them sixteen and most time when I'm coaching third, I'll try to like, you know, let's hold up a little bit. That day I I would have beat him fifty six to nothing. And at that level, that's hard to do because everybody's good. Yeah, at that level, to have a mm-hmm. shutout like that is, is I think, kind of rare. The cool thing about that, Colton Wong, the second baseman for the Cardinals, came up to us. He was in the dugout with us and was like, "Y'all, just please, please go out there and ten run these guys," because they put Hawaii out. And then that night at the major league game, 
we walked up to him and was like, we 10 run him. He's like, I saw. Yeah. And we gave actually, Corey Scott handed me a Southeast hat to give to the starting right fielder, Dexter Fowler, for the Cardinals. He told me, he said, go ahead and go hand some of this hat because he's actually from Georgia and he's like going for Southeast because we were stuck in the dugout with the Cardinals team about 15, 20 minutes because of ESPN. So we were getting to talk with him other other than Yadier Molina. You can't talk to Yadier Molina. <laughs> <laughs> he's very intimidating. <laughs> and, and that was, they were doing the Major League Baseball games in Williamsport. Those guys would come watch first time ever yeah that was the first time they started they'd come watch the a little league game and then they go play in a different stadium later that night and i think y'all got what it was your game they came to watch is that right yeah they were yeah. that's what i'm saying yeah Pirates and then, and then you got to go later that night and go watch theirs and it was i mean what an incredible experience it was awesome and it, like in a movie like are we well, really doing this and you yeah. you think about how many how many kids grow up wanting to go to the college world series and very few of those major leaguers have been there and and they were almost like kids i mean they were up there playing the ping pong and playing you know the, the arcades and they were living it up and, and and to go to their game and sit front row right behind the uh the right behind the plate was, was amazing it was a great experience Josh Harrison for the Pirates is a really cool dude. He interacted with the kids more than most of them. He was the second base for the Pirates at that time. He was just a big kid, I felt like. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go now to the United States Championship game. So this game, you're playing Texas. At this point, it, it, now this is weird because I think y'all had not lost a game at that point, but it moved to single elimination. The tournament was double elimination up until that United States Championship game. Uh, first, your thoughts about should it have remained double? There's always a debate. Should the tournament stay double elimination, or do you like a winner-take-all type of United States championship type game, even the Little League World Series championship game? What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> I like the double elimination. <laughs> We're not the right ones to ask that question. <laughs> um yeah, that's always been. And, you know, we we were used to that in the regional. Um, same the same we, rules. Same rules. Okay. We went there, and and I guess for ESPN, it's a kind of a one game take all. Um, so so we were kind of kind of prepared for that, but I, I I don't know. You know, we 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 talked throughout the week. You know, we were playing to win the whole thing. Uh, we we had it set up great for us. We had Matthew coming back. If we could have won that game, we had Matthew for Japan. Um, now let's talk about that. So Matthew did not play against Texas. Was he eligible? To no, play? he was not able. So to he pitch. was burnt, is what they said. Yes. Okay. So because a lot of people still wonder, man, they were saving back on Matthew. If they had Mm-mm. put Matthew in, they would have won the United States Championship. Then you deal with Japan later. But he was not eligible. He was not eligible. We we um, we pitched him the the night before against Texas. He threw, I believe, it was sixty five. He threw wins. It was a Wednesday night. He threw mm-hmm. 65. Yeah. So he, he was. He and and at one point, I, I remember we were beating Texas pretty good. I mean, we had a lead going into it. And it was, I, I forget what any. It was something. There was one mistake that happened. And it kind of unraveled mm-hmm. that game. It, you talk about every play is the game. Every, every pitch play. What, 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 I, 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 when I think back at it, I'm like, man, that one play kind of started a chain of events that went. And, and then Texas just yeah, went we, from there. Yeah. You know, we started Carson Hardy that day, and Carson's a great pitcher. He had not pitched a whole lot. Um, luckily, he hadn't needed to. Um, and we we, wanted, we were throwing him at 85. If we could get through that game with him at 85, we knew we had a really good chance of winning. And I believe it's either the second or third inning. He walked a couple people, hit somebody. They didn't score, but he, he had about a 30-some pitch inning. And that's when I was like, he, we may not get through here with, with, with Carson. Um and then, uh, and then we ended up having the decision to, you know, who to bring in after that. And we ended up going with Chase, with the success that he had had, you know, early on that week. But, um, you know, that that was the decision we made: do we leave Matthew in there on that Wednesday night, or, or take him out? And our thought at that point was, you know, we really wanted to win that game. We didn't want to have to play a game the next night to try to get back to the championship game with our pitching. And um, I was I was fully confident that Carson could beat Texas, and we, we see our chase. We had Thomas Barrett. We we had arms, and we had a lot of confidence in those guys. But that that's the you know, did, do you use Matthew win that game that yeah. you don't have? Well, wasn't for Japan? there one fielding mistake? Something happened. It was well, third to third base. That was um, it. And, it, and was, it, yeah. it would have been an, if it was an out. You get out of the inning. Well, it was. We shouldn't have thrown it. You know, it kicked yeah. off. It kicked off. And you know, one thing we always talked about in all our practices was. We don't want to get greedy. We take what they give us. 
and you, you start you, you get thirty five thousand people out there. It kicked off. Bryce is a great catcher. He threw it down to third. JoJo is sure-handed third baseman. I don't think he made an error the entire All-Stars, and I don't think it was an error. It was just a uh, – it, it got by him. It yeah. wasn't a good throw. He didn't drop it. But it long. opened the door for Texas yeah. just enough to capitalize. I thought the biggest play to me was when the eleven year, the lone 11-year-old on the Texas team had about a 9 or 10 at bat versus Carson, and then mm-hmm. he hit a home run. You remember that? Y'all remember? He yeah. hit a home run. He had like a nine or ten, and he did it the day before too. With yeah, the, 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 the pinch day. hitter, yeah, the pinch hitter. He was the only eleven year old on the team, and he hit two home runs. He only had three at bats going into it. He hit two home runs, and I thought that was a huge turning point of uh, that game. But now, well, I, 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 let me say something real quick. And I think one of the turn points, I think, and and you got to remember, we hadn't had a lot of adversity up until then. And when they we started making a couple of little mistakes, we started getting very tight, very tight. And we had a base runner, we had a base running miscue where they were throwing it home, and we rounded second base a little Will, too much. Yeah, Will did, and that he would have scored the next hit, and that that would have been a huge run. But that was just you know we just not just you, every play is so important, and you've got to be be so focused. But I think that kind of started leading to to the yeah because we were hitting. I mean it was yeah. a rally, and then he got picked off. He rounds it too far. They cut it, shoot it down to second, and uh, you know that stopped the rally. And, and again, it's so far, and you're so close to almost and truly almost winning that game, and to being the best team in the United States of America. I mean, the best baseball team at that time, and then to go on to would be Japan to try and win a world championship. I'm always curious it, it, if Greenville had won that game against Texas and came so close and moved on to the championship game that Sunday afternoon. It would have been on ESP uh, on ABC television. I mean, you grew up if you're like me, you grew up watching ABC wide wide world of sports, and one of the opens was the the little leaguer that you know won the the championship back in the 70s or 80s. Oh, you guys may be, oh you're not too young, Fields, but <laughs> Vaughn, you might be too young to remember that. But uh, I mean, to to be on that field and to have a chance to be a part of a team to do that. You had Matthew Mateus, which was one of the best pitchers in the country at the time. Do you think you could have beat Japan? Absolutely. I think so. I, I, if, if Matthew's on his so game. I think Texas had everything they had against y'all, and they were out of gas. Well, if Texas – now, the one thing about Texas, not to discredit them, Texas was very good. Very I mean, they good. had uh, they had two kids throwing 75 miles an hour, and I think it was the second baseman uh, was uh, – the coach's son. The coach's son. First base coach's son. First base coach's son. Decent, I think, was his mm-hmm. last name. But the, the coach came up to us after the game. We came up to me and Mike and said, man, I really wish you guys were playing Japan. Because they were out. I mean, they, they had no pitching left. They were they were out of gas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And um, and y'all would have been having your starter, your star pitcher. Yeah. And, 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 and it goes back. Do we just try to get to the championship game? Or do we put ourselves in a position to win it? Yeah. You know, it you worked out it. for us in Georgia. Yep. It was the same format it worked out for us we won and then we sport it just didn't go in our favor so you three guys are in charge of the team you know brian you're the manager so ultimately it's your your final call but how you know you're all friends but how was there ever disagreements on man we should be doing yeah it there this was way? a big disagreement through in the state tournament what was that where brian wanted to take all the boys to uh jump off high dives after carson <laughs> got in the after carson got in a go-kart accident and <laughs> yeah. went to the about baseball related <laughs> And with anything, yeah, um, I don't think that went over too well. <laughs> there's, there's none. There's uh, because so you never had a baseball disagreement. Well, I, sure. districts. When I told in the districts first time, me and Brian, and you know we've coached all stars together numerous years, and Matthew was at like 85 pitches, like three innings. Like he said, we weren't clicking in districts, and um, that was, the, but it wasn't a disagreement. I said, just I made the comment. I was like, just put someone up there can throw strikes, and I'd rather lose throwing strikes than walking people, and um. But no, there's no disagreement. There's no way to disagree. Brian stands on one end of the dugout. We're on the other end. I mean, we don't, you know, he does, he, he's the best pitch caller in the, in the United States. And we, we were the best team in the United States. I even made a comment to Bud, the coach of Texas, after that game. I said, you know, there's a lot of fields around here. We can go play one more. <laughs> no fans. He said, I'd be a fool to do that. I said, yeah. So uh, I think we were the best team. And know that this, and that's what made our coaching staff because we're all really good friends. Yeah, and that yeah. and that really helps. And everybody knew their role. Jake is one that he's a jack of all trades. I mean, he can work with pitching, he can work with hitting, he can work with defense, he can even go over there and take the catchers. Brian did the pitching, 
and i mean you know it was just we never disagreed about anything we never questioned anything i, I think they might have questioned me holding cash at third on that one <laughs> but uh yeah i mean it just it worked well you're listening to the pirate radio podcast we're taking a look back from three years ago this month when greenville made a little bit of history going back to the little league world series what a just so many great stories out of that team and we're talking with brian fields michael vaughn and jake allen manager and coaches of that team um you think back you know we talked at the beginning about how some of these kids are driving now and you know they're all grown up and for a lot of these kids honestly and i was talking with some other people involved in 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 baseball is that to have that experience as a 12 year old and you're on national tv you're having people ask you for an autograph you're on your parade all the things all that free gear everything that goes with it for some of those kids that'll be the highlight of their life honestly i mean it it may be a tough moment to top they might have peaked as a 12 year old for some kids they'll go on and continue baseball and some kids i know are already out of it so what how much do you keep up with the team i guess is it it, and it's kind of hard because everyone's got their own lives and families but uh i imagine like anything some of these kids have moved on and some of them have, have moved out of baseball i still try to go watch some games i mean i love to go out there and watch rose and conley and you know went to a couple of their games and watched i went to a couple jv games to watch thomas and carson and those guys play and we'll see them around town and they you know the one thing that's pretty consistent is they all still come back to greenville little league you know you catch them around you try to call them out to come talk to your team or be an inspiration to your team so it it always cycles back and this i think the same thing with the 98 team you know the 98 team still they still Mm -hmm. find a way the majority of them still find a way to come back and uh that's pretty cool and i think they'll do that for the rest of their life and Brian, I know you're not coaching anymore. But I see you out there at the at the ballpark a lot this year. Uh, and Jake, you are coaching now, Little League. Just came back. So which team did you? Were you I, I came back to Kiwanis. Yeah, right. um, yeah. My me and my wife had a conversation, and she said, "I, I think you're done." You know, and at least until because we had a new child, and you know he'll be two in October. And I got a couple calls from some parents and say, "Hey, can you please come back?" And uh, I did, you know, I had a great year, made it to the city championship. Um, we just won the nine and ten, swept the Tar Heel North State uh, series. So glad to be back. And Mike, not coaching. You are out of coaching. I'm not coaching. Are you? Are you thinking about making a comeback? I can't stay gone too long. <laughs> so he's a free agent. Yeah, he I, could I, be available. I uh, I missed it this year. You know, my uh, when I decided not to coach this year, I, last year I made the switch to Tar Heel to coach with my buddy Corey. And this year, I told him and I told Coach Norm that uh, Kaiser, my son, he's four. He was starting t-ball. He was supposed to be doing karate and playing soccer. And then the coronavirus hit. Yeah. So I really picked a terrible year not to coach baseball with nothing going on. I should have been out there. <laughs> but um, you know, I don't, I don't. It was been tough not being out there with him. And Brian, you stepped aside from coaching after the little league year, right? Right. I mean, it's kind of hard to top that. So I mean, you kind of went out on top, I guess. Yeah. Any yeah, itch yeah. to get back in? I, I would have some interest. I think once my once my kids get out of high school, my, my boys get out of high school, I would have some interest coming back. Um, absolutely, I, I miss it when I'm out at Elm Street. All these, uh, this is the time we we had this lined up to do for the last week or so. But since uh, I contacted you guys, I, I keep getting Facebook memories from Little League from, or from the from the trip to Williamsport and from from three years ago because it's the exact same time. And uh, it's brought back. I'm sure you guys, your your timelines are probably flooded with those type of memories. I would imagine. Yes, absolutely. That gives the chills and the, your eyes allergies start to kick up a little bit when you <laughs> go through my memories this time of year. When when you look back at it, what are your favorite like pictures, moments, those type of things? Is there a video or a photograph that really stands out to you? I have two, and that's uh, Ashton Byers hit one off the wall, game one, and we pinch ran for him. And he comes off the bat and he's running off the field and we give each other a double high five and then JoJo's home run against California round in third base and we're giving a high five because I was fortunate enough to coach both those boys for four years for Kiwanis and then to have that as a lasting memory of them doing that. Jake Brown, what about you? Any like photograph that you have framed that you remember that man, this was special? Um I mean it just you know couple pictures just being out there i I'm, i kind of agree with mike the picture with jojo and ashton because i'm you know we coached them for four years and and seeing those moments and you know 
having that and they're in the spotlight that that was really cool and it was just it's a great shot i don't know how you know just a once in a lifetime opportunity to get something that that perfect in the moment so those really i mean his two are kind of two of my favorite as well Brian, what about you? Yeah, the the one that I have up is Carson. Right after he hit his his grand slam against California, he's coming down the third baseline, and you see the whole team around home plate just ecstatic. Um, but then also, I you know I I can't remember who took the video. It might have been Alan Thomas uh, when he hit that home run, and then I'm I'm over there on, in the first base box, and I just give up. That was uh, you can thank Pirate Radio for Pirate that because we got <laughs> Alan credentialed. Um, at that time, we it was the first weekend. And we actually sent the credentialing process through Little League. It's crazy because anybody, they don't sell tickets. I guess anybody can walk up and go. But if you want to go cover it as a media member, um, man, you have to pass like a national security screening process. <laughs> I think the FBI screening is less stringent oh, yeah. than what Little League has. And I'll but, tell you uh, what, we got, we got him credentialed. He went up the first weekend for us and did a lot yeah. of pictures and videos for us. Of course, you know, Alan's. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you a video we, that I sent the right guy. <laughs> <laughs> a video that I love too is us. I think we we're playing. The, I think it was the United States Championship game, but the, it's 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 us being escorted by the by the police and the security as we as we're walking down the hill, and you got all the fans. Yeah, that are all. I think lined I might have shot that one. It, it was. It, it's a cool seeing you before that. And we I got up there for the uh, last weekend for the championship game, and that now that's a whole uh, we joke. I don't know if you guys have heard the story before, but we could have turned that into a reality TV show. So um, we decided we wanted it was a long drive up to, you know, what was it, like 10 hours? hours. Yeah. 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 10 hours, yeah. So we hired Coach Rick Smith, who was retired at the time from ECU football, who does a lot of driving. So we hired Rick Smith. Or we invited Rick Smith to go with us. He wanted to go too. He said, "Hey, we got a great come with us, Rick. Do you mind driving here the keys?" So we got we got this big Nissan Armada or whatever, and it was uh, it was me. And we put this media group together. It was me, Brian Bailey, uh, Ken from Channel Nine. Um, who else was with us? I think Alan. I think went back up there with us. So I mean, it was kind of this whack pack of, of media guys going up there. And but with Rick Smith driving us, and it was the most. That was probably one of the most fun road trips I've ever been on. So the, <laughs> well, tri- the road trip itself, there and back, could have been a story. And then when we got up there, it was a lot of fun. Too. And if I remember so, correctly, I had to guarantee a couple wins before you were to. That's get right. Up there, that is true. At that point, we I was having Brian on almost like daily, on uh, on our five o'clock show back then, and we were updating it daily. And before you left, I can't remember if it was on the phone or in person. You're like, well, what, are you going to come up there? I said, you win. I'll be, be up there. And I think it was on the phone. I remember. And he said, you, you, is that a guarantee? I said, yeah. I said, if you if you make it to the championship, the United States championship game, I'll go. And I felt like, honestly, I felt like I owed it to you. I was like, oh, I got to go now. I, I lost a bet. But uh, you called my bluff. But that was probably one of the most fun sports experiences I've had a chance to go as far as a spectator, media member, whatever, it really is a cool atmosphere. Um, it was neat to see it behind the scenes and how hard you guys work with it and, and how much you do. Not, you know, most fans just see the games on ESPN, but just being able to see what, you know, the, the practices, the batting practices, all the stuff that goes into it, how early you've got to start prepping for a game. People don't realize, you know, the, the games at four, man, you guys got. You better be ready at one, right? <laughs> I think that's the coolest thing about it is when you go there, you know, you, you split up practices. I mean, the fields they have out there, you can only take infield on. There's no outfield. Or you can go to the batting cages, or you can go across the street. And they, across the street, they got two fields that are nowhere near as nice, but those are the only fields that you can actually go have a full practice on. And they're like a mile away, I feel like. And you have you remember to that the first day? <laughs> You remember the boys? We made them run up the steps one yeah, day. They that, thought that was like the worst thing. Yeah, yeah we got that hard to get up. I just posted <laughs> it on Facebook though. Yeah. You also remember we watched the McGregor Mayweather fight in? I do. You remember that? That's right. Yeah, yeah. that brings back memory now. Yeah, we were in the team hotel. Yeah, and we had a uh, mutual, mutual friend that had uh, <laughs> had a room, and he brought he brought, brought in a TV. And it was a pay per view boxing fight mm-hmm. that night. Yeah. And we walked in, you guys invited us, and there must have been, I was like, how are you fitting 40 people in this this hotel room with chairs? Like, it was like, it looked like a a venue, you know, but it was a hotel room. Were you in in the room? I don't know. I was there. uh, I was there for a little while tonight. Yeah, yeah, it it was pretty entertaining. That was was an interesting night, to say the least. (laughs) That's the night we lost to Texas. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. But, but yeah, those were some, some fun times, but... 
just the experience and, and I mean you guys were up there for it felt like forever 16 days I mean yeah. that's a long time to, I mean think about it most people if you go on vacation you might go a long weekend if you're really lucky you may go somewhere for a week Who, where do you go for 16 days other than where you live and sleep it on a cot <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's it's got to take some adjustment With 13 12 year olds <laughs> yeah you get to the mountaineer and you go to the mountaineer <laughs> was there a point where pit where did did everybody always get along or were they start to get on Ooh. each other nerves mm-hmm. towards the end the night before we're not gonna say names but uh, the night before we played texas they came running in the room matt but one of the kids came running in the room and said coach mike get in here now and i had to go in there the night before we played texas so yeah they're when i said they were brothers they were brothers they fought they yeah. argued but one thing about them if you picked on one of them, the other one was right there. Mm-hmm. And I remember they were one of the teams was trying to say something about Ashton's hair, and Matthew looked at him and was like, "Don't you pick on him?" Like you know they were, yeah. but he could pick on him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but nobody else can pick on him. That's like yeah. family. Yeah, and you're exactly right. And the thing with that format, you know, you want to win, but when you win, you've got a lot of time off. I mean, we'd have two days off between games, and I mean that's. You can't do it with so much practicing. Hour a day. I yeah. mean, the kids. So, I mean, there's a lot of time that they're downtime in a room. Put it yeah. in perspective. We were there for 16 days. We only played five games. Well, yeah. you got to think about it. I mean, it's true. <laughs> yeah. But you were also in Georgia. The same, you know, same way together. I mean, those guys are pretty much in hotel rooms together for a long time. Yeah. Eventually, yep. you have some disagreements. Absolutely. All right. Y'all had the perfect game, which obviously was pretty legendary. Uh, you did it with three pitchers. I've heard that Little League is kind of, is it the Greenville NC rule? You can't do that anymore. So basically, you were able to rotate. What is it? If someone, if you pitch 20 or less, you can go to the next day. Can't right? pitch three in a row anymore. Yeah. So you guys were able to pitch three pitchers. Let's say they all go 20 and they're all having a great outing like that. You can go 60 pitches in a game and, and finish a game out. What did they change the rule because of Greenville, North Carolina? No, the rule didn't. The rule's still the same. Well, you can't pitch three days in a row. But you, I mean, the way we never threw guys three days in a row because we won. Yeah, we always we always won. Yeah, yeah, we never. But the rule was before, like you could do that you could every day if you wanted to. If they were pitches. good enough. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. They changed that rule. I don't. It was the next year. It's kind of coincidental. Was yeah. it the next year? That's I heard they changed that because of because of you guys. I'm just telling you what I heard. That. Yeah. Hey, we'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, <laughs> and that was a good. But you know what? It worked, and that was a good. Well, and the way how, how come you didn't do that more often? Well, the way that format is, if we won, and you, when you've got two days off, then and then you can throw, you know, thirty five, you can throw fifty pitches and come back the next day. The thing is, when you're in the district and states, you're playing the next day and the next day. Right. It, it's hard to do that. You can't yeah. sort of throw everybody twenty. The, the issue is once you've burned three, three, three or four, you kind of on your fifth and sixth, you may only be in the third or fourth inning. So, you know, we obviously had an advantage. We had we had a lot of good arms and not only that, we we had, you know, four or five good pitchers. I and mean, that's hard to find in, in, in little league as in Texas as an example. You can you can go with two two horses and ride them all the way, but you're gonna run you're gonna come up a little short in the in the and, long run. And that Texas game, you know, we also went to win that game on that Wednesday night mm-hmm. thinking I don't know if y'all – I was thinking that, well, they'll have to throw the Ross kid mm-hmm. to get this Saturday. And they ended up, you know, beating New Jersey like a drum and never right. had to throw them. So right. they got – they took a gamble. To win tournaments, you have to take a gamble. Yeah. We took a gamble in Georgia throwing Thomas Barrett versus Tennessee. They took a gamble in Williamsport, and they didn't throw the Cody Ross kid versus New Jersey to get to the championship, and it paid off for them. And – it would have been one of those type of situations where they'd lose in New Jersey. They're going to say, well, you had your best pitcher available, but that guy Bud has been coaching 65 years, and he made that gamble, and it paid off. But we we didn't never know much about New Jersey. You know, we had – I mean, it was a vacation for us, too. I mean, we didn't – look, we didn't spend every minute of our day scouting out Little League games. I mean, yeah. we've already been doing it since that March. Yeah. I mean, we're, it's August 17th. The last thing I really want to do is go watch one more Little League game when I don't have to be out there. So, yeah. I mean, we didn't know much about New Jersey. I, I was surprised they were there to play Texas that Thursday night. Mm-hmm. I, I do think, though, as you from the very beginning, I do think that Friday everybody was off. And I think it should be double elimination. I really do. I don't like the... Because, you know, we had that extra day where nobody was doing anything. Yeah. 
And it should be done. We should have played. It's a made-for-TV deal. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. they like that championship game. They can promote yep. it that way. Well, it they is. they also like it because they want to keep that extra Friday for a rainout. Yeah, that's true too. That's what they say. They. Can I can do. tell you this: all the every volunteer at Williamsport wanted a game three. Yeah, I mean, walk, we when we walked out the gate. I mean, at every gate, they were, man, I wish y'all got another game. The atmosphere behind the stadium, and, like, I went to the the pro shop where they sell the gear. I mean, they were sold out of Southeast gear. It was incredible. You could get all types of stuff, but you could hardly find anything with Southeast on. I think we were told Greenville traveled better than any team outside of a team from Pennsylvania. Yeah. It was a huge showing. Uh, I was at Elm Street last night. I saw Tar Heel. Uh, you guys are out of North State, the Tar Heel League, swept North State with the 12 and unders. And I, I, I was talking to George, George Sadden. I said, well, I said, this is as far as they can take it, unfortunately, due to COVID. So I guess this makes them Little League World Series champions here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who, who is going to question it in this day and age, right? So is this our third team to make it to the World Series? <laughs> I actually coached that group last year, the Tar Heel 11s. They're yeah. now 12. And yeah, uh, that's good, a good, good group. Good group. Good yeah. group. Good kids, good families. Uh they, they, you know, they, they put it to North State three nothing. And and you guys know, you know, Brian Weingart's his family and everybody that volunteers over there, Scooter and everybody. I mean, does such a great job. I had a chance to see it for behind, behind the scenes this year personally, and I was, you know, I already knew what those guys did, but I'm really walked away super impressed. But I didn't realize how much time it truly takes to pull that thing off and to have it so professional. I mean, it is really. I mean, I joked with Brian. I said. If they ever figure out what he's paid by the hour, <laughs> it's probably criminal because it probably comes down to like a dollar or two per hour as much as he's there. I don't know what they're paying him, but he deserves a raise because uh, he's done a great job. Just being able to pull it off this year and then not just pull it off, but do it first class as always. And follow the rules, too. Yeah. I mean, that, was, I mean that, that wasn't an easy task. I mean, you got to think there was a lot of people complaining throughout, you know, can't believe they're playing and everything like that. But, you know, Brian and... And all the volunteers. But you know what? The people complaining notch. weren't part of the program. Those are outsiders. So oh, you yeah. You can't worry about right. it. At the, right. at the end of the day, it's still a private. You, you either sign up for it or you don't. Nobody's forced to do anything. And it showed that, look, parents and the kids and the coaches, everybody wanted to play. And if everybody wants to play and they can do it in a smart, safe way, let them do it. Absolutely. Yeah, a testament to them. If you watched uh, when we got to the tournament this year and it rained every day. And I mean heavily. And if, if you went out there and you looked at the field, I mean, it was perfect. Yeah. You know, outside of one or two spots in the outfield from just, you know, 10 inches of rain over the past three days, I mean, it was perfect. Yeah. Yeah, and the one thing with Brian that I noticed, he doesn't just go through the motions. I mean, he everything, he's he does it with pride. I mean, he wants it to look top-notch and, you know, Ann and, and, and Ashley and, and all those. And Scooter, I mean – they, they, they're not out there just to get through the season. They want it. They want to make yep. it, you know, as, as Chris as Riddle good too. as they can. Yeah, Chris Riddle. He does a lot. And yeah, unsung hero with the Facebook broadcast this yeah. year, which was fun to be a part of that too. And and I tell you what, just an amazing way to connect for all the people that could not be there this year. I, t- I told them they created a monster. They're gonna have to keep that thing going now. The Elm Street Park <laughs> Network. Well, let me ask you Even this: Even when it goes back to normal, I think you're gonna have to keep these things going. You, you had a, you had a son playing this year. I mean, I, I thought it was you know I would I tuned into those broadcasts you know quite often. Um, how did the players perceive it? Would they sit around and watch their their buddies playing uh, most of the well, time? I'll tell you this: if we weren't practicing uh, and we weren't playing, then we were home and we had hooked the computer up to the big screen with the HDMI mm-hmm. cord, and we watched every that's, single I night. Think that's cool. We yeah. watched the games, and I, 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 I joked to someone yesterday: I've watched more Greenville Little League games this year. I'm talking about all the teams than I have in my lifetime. You know, I mean, it's just, but that's, it ended up, and at one time, it was the only sport going on. I mean, before these other sports even start playing, actually, I'd rather watch the Little League game than an NBA game. (laughs) So, I mean, it it was great entertainment. Our kids wanted to see, they want to see their friends play. You wanted to see what other teams were doing in the league. And it was great entertainment, too. So, yeah, we ended up watching all that stuff. And even some nights, if you had a good game, you may go back. And I know a couple times, I knew he felt good about the game if he wanted to go back and watch that mm-hmm. game again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Sometimes you didn't, but sometimes yeah. you did. Well, so. there's a lot of times we watched it this year just to kind of see what we're doing wrong. I mean, it was awesome to kind of go back. I mean, it's like you're playing college where they go back and watch film. Yeah. And we got to do that. And, you know, you go to your pitchers or go to your hitters. Or Mike would call me and say, man, y'all <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, or as a coach, if you want to scout the team you're playing next, you don't have to go to the ballpark. You mm-hmm. can do it from your living room. That's right. And, uh, you know, surprisingly, 
you know, those games were getting three, four, five hundred hits on, yeah. on some of them. You know, that's a lot of people throughout the country. And I think, you know, the announcers do a good job of kind of highlighting families that are watching from Pennsylvania. Or we had some boys from New York, and they would always say, hey, back from Batavia, New York, watching. And, you know, it's pretty neat to think in a, you know, a small town of Greenville, you have people all over the country watching Little League Baseball, which yeah. it really is one of the best leagues in the country. I mean, it's, it's hard, you know, if you had to name a top Especially 10, per capita. Yeah, for the size. Yeah, I would think. I would think in the top. If you could choose ten of the top little league programs in America, I mean, Greenville's got to be somewhere in there. My cousin lives out in Cal- in L.A. in California, and he saw a picture of the guys I had posted or something, and he said, he he texted me, he goes, "You guys have a brick wall?" <laughs> like, because I guess it was in the background. Like, he was just amazed because where they are, you know, they're just it's just a field and a chain link fence and maybe like a, a soccer stand, you know, or like one of those little bleacher things. Yeah, uh, it's not a stadium. It's just a ball field. I hope they so. keep that uh, broadcasting. I, hope they, I think yeah. it's a very good advertising point to get other kids yeah. to come over and play. I mean, <laughs> now it's open to anybody in Pitt County yeah. to play little league, and yeah. I think that yeah. I, you're going to see some you're going to see some really good ball players come over that are going to want to make that run because everybody everybody thinks they can make that run. You know, when they're 12 years old. Yeah. Well, look, the, the, the softball World Series is not coming here because of Greenville. It's the facilities. It's the program. Yeah. Um, it's the people. I mean, it's it's top notch. I mean, what an experience for these 12-year-olds to be able to watch themselves on TV. I mean, I can't, they're, they're, yeah. I'd love to know if there's another Little League doing that. Doing anything I, I, like I, that. That's a great point. There's I, none in North Carolina. And, and, and they're not doing it half-assed, either, no. for lack of a better term. It is a four-camera, nicely done production I mean, they they had freaking Corey Glory in there last night that does ECU play by play in there. You know, we've had a, they, Cliff Brock do it. I've been a part of Cliff it. Godwin's done. Cliff Godwin. Yeah. I got Cliff to do it early on, and and he did a great job. And he's back, been back multiple times. I mean, it's been a quality production, yeah. and not just one camera off someone's phone. And it's high know? quality cameras too. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 visual. I mean, you can see it. I you think know, Chris. That's Chris Riddle, right? It is. It is. Yeah. I he mean, put it that, together. You know, that's yeah. impressive, man. Who really spends most of his time umping? Yeah, <laughs> correct. <so>. He does. <laughs> guys, this has been a great walk down memory lane. Uh, you, you'll always—I I guess you guys will always three be attached uh, to that moment, that time, that year, and and what a great thing to be attached to. There could be a lot worse to be remembered for, right, guys? No yeah. boy, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Fields, Michael Vaughn, Jake Allen, thank you for your time. Thank you for your uh, memories, and we really—I had a good time today. It was a lot of fun thinking about that, and a time in a year been so many challenges it is great to look back at some of the the fun moments that we've had uh in sports and in baseball and especially in greenville north carolina so thank you for being here and hopefully uh folks listening wherever you might be can join us next time for another edition of the pirate radio podcast i'm troy dreyfus until next time you've been listening to the pirate radio podcast an exclusive presentation of pirate radio the voice of the pirate nation